So, good morning, everybody. It's Ask the Masters Business Series. I am Rick Chafee with Ask the Masters and Red Rock Contractors. I've got ourselves a very wide range of uh, guests this morning. We wanted to make sure we covered more gamuts of the uh, business industry. So, I've got uh, <clears throat> over 100 years of combined experience among our group of people with real diverse backgrounds. Um, the first one of our guests is Francine Gonzalez. She is the Executive Vice President of Business Development for Whitewater West. Whitewater West is a global operator with locations across the globe, supplying manufacturing, water parks, structures, and design. I think they have over 600 employees worldwide. Um, Francine's also the incoming chair of the Pool and Hot Tub Alliance, and she's got over 30 years of experience as well operating water parks across the country. We also have Jerry Wallace. Jerry is the president of SwimCam. He's the second generation owner at the, of the family business. His son's also starting to operate in that business. Been in, been in business, I think, over 30, maybe 40 years. And SwimCam has about 35 employees, and they service over 4,000 pools in the Northern California market. Jerry's also the chair of the board of the California Pool and Spa and Hot Tub Association. And just to widen our funnel a little bit, we're also bringing in Greg Whitstock. He's also known as the Pond Guy. He's the owner and CEO of Aquascapes Incorporated. They were founded back in 1991. Um, he was an early mentor of mine back in the day. I've actually got one of my ex-employees on the line too that now runs his own pond company that was able to bring Greg in the mix. Um, I followed him from his early beginnings, but he has started an outdoor, he, he basically helped create the outdoor pond system for companies to build and make the system happen. Um, I believe they have more than 200 employees um, and, and they build, um, they, they have almost like a franchise system for pond builders as well as supplying ponds to the nation. Um, one of the things I want to ask you, Greg, I'm not going to, I'm going to put you on the spot, but I know one of your early goals in business was to become a hundred million dollar annual revenue company. I know that came, that was coming to, to fruition early on before the collapse in 2008, nine and 10 literally and physically or figuratively for you. But have you ever, have you reached your goal yet for a hundred million in revenue? Greg, you are, you're still uh, muted. Unmute yourself real quick. I get you. There you go, Greg. Now you're unmuted. Go ahead, Greg. Okay, sorry. Have you, have um, you attained well, your million-dollar goal? Well, my first goal was $50 million, Okay. And when I hit that, I said $100 million. So I've still just hit 50 <laughs> Hey, that's all right. Yeah. So that's, 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 that's an unbelievable goal, but that's the important thing is to have a goal, right? So – so everybody on the call now, I mean, what the point of this whole situation is we're, we're here to give good, timely information based on all the changing things going on with COVID. And so one of the reasons we brought such diverse people is we want to get your guys' scope of what we should be doing, what you guys are doing as a business, and, and some tips for other people. Um, the first thing I want to get back in the mix early is the Paycheck, Paycheck Protection Program. We did cover that in, in multiple issues already, and I don't want to cover in depth of what the system is, but I, what I want to do is cover the fact that if you haven't done it, you need to do it. If, you're, if, you, if you haven't done it yet, there's time to do it, but let's go over a couple of the basics. The, the idea behind it is there was $350 billion approved to be given to small business, to be given down the line, take it from the small business, get it into the hands of the employee. Um, some genius behind the, the system idea was to get it out of the government's hands somewhat. They ran it through the small business administration system. So you can go get your SBA loan from a local bank. Um, my company submitted for all five of our companies. All five of those companies got through underwriting and have got through the Fed's approval. We haven't got our money yet. Jerry, on the other hand, I believe he's got through the whole process, has money in hand. So the reality of this is we're going to give you money. The government's going to give you money to let you operate your business for eight weeks free of charge, right? So you could be a two-employee two company or a 499-employee company, 
and be able to cover your payrolls and a portion of your overhead and have that properly forgiven. So most of us, most of us in the business have talked through it. I've had a couple people that were telling me they were too prideful to do those kind of things or they didn't need the money. Hey, I don't need the money either today. What I don't know is what's going to happen in six, 10, 12 weeks. Right? So, um, the other thing that's, that's happened just recently is as of Friday, sole proprietors and individual business owners that don't have employees could actually make the application as well. So it, it's a program that I think everybody needs to be involved in. Jerry, I think for you, it, if it was like me, it's a very simple process. Was it, was it simple for you? It was a very easy process. And, and part of that's because of our banking relationship. Um, we deal with a local community bank, uh, not one of the big guys. And so we have a really Take close care. personal relationship there. Our uh, total contact time from first contact to money in the bank was 10 days, um, which is, to me, that's phenomenal. Um, really, really, really simple process, and your bankers can make that happen for you. Yeah, I mean, for us, it was, it's literally a two-page application, essentially. There's not a lot of barrier to entry. They're not looking to see if you can qualify for the loan as far as financially, or if you need the loan financially. They're essentially looking at what your two months, two and a half months of your actual payroll is. You can prove that easily with 940 and 941 reports. Submit that to your bank. They're gonna give you two and a half times your monthly payroll, and you're gonna take that half portion to be able to apply towards certain things like rent, mortgage interest, and some of your utilities. So. Um, all you need to do though, is make sure you properly appropriate that money when you get it back and keep those employees in place, or you're allowed to immediately rehire employees. The other thing is you don't have to hire anybody back. So the only shortfall I see in this program is companies that have laid off half of their workforce can get all the financing to pay for that workforce and they don't have to bring them back. Now, what that means is they'll be on the hook for that portion of the loan that they cannot get forgiven. However, it's a very inexpensive loan. It's about 1%. You get six months forbearance on the interest and that's a pretty good loan for most people so ideally if everybody's doing the right thing they're hiring all the employees that they've got rid of or they're paying them even if they're sitting at home so the money ends up in the hands of the employees which will hopefully stir it right back into the economy when the economy gets going again so Francine I'm curious what's you guys are a Canadian business are you guys you have some local U.S. businesses too but how does how does this program affect you guys in the U.S.? Well, you know, in the U.S., we're part of a bigger company, so we don't really always qualify for small business loans. Um, however, you know, in Canada, they're they're quite they're quite good about protecting employees, and so there is a is there is an unemployment insurance program. So basically, if you have to all of a sudden retract and uh, you have to do the layoff, then all of a sudden you've got insurance that covers those employees. So it isn't necessarily a government benefit; it's an insurance program that gets paid into. And then that takes care of those employees. So that's given a lot of, it gives you a lot of kind of trust that, that you can weather a storm. Uh, and that, I think that's, that's, a, that, that's a great benefit being in Canada. However, different parts of the world are going to handle things a little bit differently. Um, luckily, because we're a global company, we're seeing all of this affecting us in a different way. It's almost in these waves. So first it affected China. We had to close our China office. Then it affected Europe. And then it was affecting the United States. And so um, what we've had, with, I guess the good news is, is that we've been able to reopen our China office. So we've been moving some services there. And then we've had all of our Vancouver office has been working remotely. Our European offices have been working remotely. So I think once we get past this, at least we're going to have ways to kind of move those resources around. Uh, but nonetheless, it is, it is still really a very, 
a big a concerning piece because you just don't you just don't know how long this is going to last. And as you said, you know, cash is king. So if you can plan immediately, and I think this is a lesson for everybody, is that when the pandemic hits or if any kind of crisis like this hits, that you act immediately. You act immediately to protect your company. Use the resources that are available to you. Seek out additional resources. Network with with people just like this, and uh, be able to go in and. Yeah, maybe you might say, I don't need it right now, but you start. You have to have a plan and you have to get started as soon as possible. Excuse yeah, me, I can I just say one quick thing? Most companies that have failures, the majority of companies that do have failures, they usually fail Excuse because me? Lack, lack of capital, right? So um, I think that's the biggest problem for most of these people is they mm. without the right capital, they, are gonna, they don't have what they need to operate. And this is exactly how you create that capital, right? So... Um, Corey, I think you had some questions. We'll let you have some questions here in a little bit. If you've got, you can actually raise your hand for me too, and then I can bring you in when it's appropriate. But um, so the situation for us is that exactly what we just talked about. Look, cash is important. Make sure you have cash and we don't know what's going forward. I think the other thing I've learned from, from all the people I've chatted with, having a relationship with a bank is critical. Okay. So some of the bigger banks have been problematic for some people. And I don't think it's because the banks are the problem. It's because you don't have a relationship with somebody at the bank. Luckily for me, my company has always had a good banking relationship that we've built over the years. One, because we've borrowed money from them in the past, but we've had a direct connection to a proper local banker who has been in the, in the trenches with us, been calling us back, asking for the right information. You know, I had probably 20 phone calls between Friday afternoon, the day we could start applying, even though we were talking Wednesday and Thursday, our applications were to the bank before they were allowed to be submitted. And we had calls Friday morning, we had calls Saturday morning, we came back in the office, had to tweak a few things on the application. That happens because we have a relationship with a bank. So if you're, if you're in this current market and you don't have a relationship with a bank, learn from this right this second. When this is over, go create a relationship with a working bank that you can have a relationship with, whether it's a big bank or a small bank. Find somebody you have a relationship with so you can create that because it was that's why guys like Jerry have money in hand. That's why guys like me have five companies. All those applications are done. And I know there's others that we've spoken to in, in recent days that still haven't heard back from their bank yet from their initial submittal and haven't even got through underwriting yet. That's probably because they're in a stack of paperwork and nobody's their partner. Um, Greg, what do you, you've got, I mean, you've got hundreds of pawn companies that, that, that look to you for advice and look to you for business solutions, marketing solutions. What are, what are you guys doing right now? And what are you, what are you telling your, your contractors to be thinking and doing to get through this storm and, and what should they be capitalizing on based on today's operations? Can I just Absolutely. say this conversation's been a little bit racist, like just microaggressions towards like my race, because like my, my. My grandfather's a core. Okay, we've got him out. Thank you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> okay. I love these guys, nothing better to do than stuff. So, Greg, back to you. What's uh, what are you telling your guys to be doing right now? Well, this is actually a phenomenal opportunity because we created after the 2008 uh, recession, we created a survey, uh, and we surveyed all of our certified aquascape contractors, and it was about a 450 question survey. Everything from, you know, how, when was the last time they updated their website to do they job cost on the projects and the challenge with us uh, getting people. So we've always said people should continue to do this, but of course, when things are good, people aren't looking at all everything and anything that they should be doing when things are good. Well, we relaunched that survey um, two weeks ago with, uh, and, and let all the people self score. It's a self scoring t test out of 450. 
And uh, our company ourselves for our construction division scored an 82%. Well, that means that there's 18% that we could improve on. What's the most important thing? There's a marketing section in there. Obviously, marketing is very important right now. But you couldn't get people to do, do it when things were going good. And now all of a sudden, people are taking that survey. We've actually, in fact, I'd like to, Rick, Somehow, I don't know how to put a link on here or whatever, get you that so you can send it out to everybody that's on it. But we made it so that it's not just generic for uh, water feature contractors, it's generic for contractors. I think everybody would be benefiting from actually doing this. And I think now is the time. Obviously, the time is when it's good, but now is the time where people are actually focused on what can they be do improving in their operations, in their marketing, in their, in their business systems to actually take advantage of opportunities that before they just looked past because things were going good. Absolutely. You know, we can do that, Greg. I'll get those links from you because this once we're done with this, we'll post it on YouTube and we can put all those links in the YouTube notes. Perfect. Um, absolutely. We, the, the, the thing that I think everybody needs to pay attention to is we literally have the most focused audience customer we've ever had, right? Majority of the entire country is sitting at home with not a whole lot to do and they're streaming, right? They're either streaming Netflix or they're streaming YouTube or they're sitting out in the backyard wondering why they didn't take the time to hire Ralph to come build their backyard pond. Now's the time, right? So it, it, to me, it's the best time you like people are going to, you need to look at what you're doing with your marketing dollars and time, but don't just keep doing the same old thing. We're not in the same time. Take what's happening right now and figure out how to focus on exactly that. You've got a lot of people looking for information sitting at home. Perfect time to go after them with marketing, correct marketing, not, you know, don't, don't go after them with, with uh, the incorrect type of marketing, but you can certainly start to spin into their heads what, what it would be like to have a really great backyard and what it would be like to be able to work through it so Gary what are you guys doing when you guys got all these houses to service all these pools to service and you've got to deal with employees that have to be taking care of their own health and safety what are you guys doing are you able to operate your business in full yeah we are um, California has been uh, unusually good um, the governor's been very supportive um, in his uh, in his directive for stay at home uh, the, the problem with California is that um, each county, and there's 58 of them in the state, um, can post more restrictive um, regulations than what the state regulation is. So it's really a county by county issue. We haven't encountered very many problems in California overall, and, and we've had none specifically um, with, with people telling us that we can't service pools. Obviously, there's a public health concern with uh, making sure that the pools are properly maintained so we don't have other problems come out compounding this coronavirus issue. Um, so we've, we've been very lucky there. Uh, yes, we're having to, to do a lot for our employees to help with protect them, the obvious things, of course. Um, but because of the, the counties we work in, and, and we cover nine counties uh, for my business, so we're kind of having to be able to pivot and flex if something comes up and fortunately it hasn't. The most restrictive thing is Sacramento County just came out with a requirement of having a uh, uh, social distancing policy in writing, uh, enforceable. Uh, so I, I spent most of the day on Wednesday um, working on complying with that. And now it's spread to another county that we work in, uh, which is no problem. Most of our guys are working by themselves anyways. You know, we've. Uh, send information to customers requesting that when we're in the backyard that if they're out that they go inside and if they must interact with us that they maintain proper social distancing 
um, you know, gloves, um, all of those basic typical types of things. I mean, we're, we're sort of fortunate in that uh, all of our service techs are reaching into the water in every pool. Um, and we know that the, the virus won't survive in, in pool water according to CDC. So they're kind of sanitizing their hands every time they're reaching into the pool and rinsing off. Gene, you've had some part of your, your uh, career, you've been doing some risk management and for, for your companies. I, obviously, this, th this situation that's going on with companies with large amount of employees or even small employees, they've got some risk to manage, correct? They've got some certain future things we're not even looking at yet, is, which is getting employees sick, employees getting sick by being asked to work or even maybe forced to work. What, uh, can you give us some tips on, on how to protect yourself as a business owner to make sure those kind of things are, or you're doing the best that you can to protect your business from those things. Yeah, and I'll talk on a couple of different fronts. You know, when I was a, a when I handled risk management, you know, Great Wolf at the time was probably $1.5 billion company in assets. And it, it, it was a lot with 5,000 employees and about 4 million guests. So when you're really looking at that wide swath of, of responsibility and trying to keep people safe, I mean, I think there's, there's a couple of things. One is how do you keep your guests safe? How do you keep your employees safe? How do you keep your business safe? And so, you know, we actually had a, a kind of a three-pronged uh, approach to it. One was how do we keep the business safe? And that was we worked with our insurance company who helped us to analyze our assets, our cash on hand, our debt, everything, and kind of look and say, what kind of risk could we take on financially? How much of a blow could we actually absorb uh, before we kind of got into trouble? So understanding what that was was really important. And then we, and we then we pulled out insurance policies to cover the stuff that we could that we couldn't absorb. So that was a really good way to kind of shore up the business from a from a risk standpoint. Protecting the, the employees, you have to start there because if you don't protect the employees, it won't matter. You won't have a business. So really understanding the requirements. I remember when H1N1 kind of hit and, and being able to say, okay, how do we protect our employees? And how do you get housekeepers to recognize that there might be, uh, you know, there might be a disease transmission? How do you use uh, personal protective equipment? And at that time, it was all about sanitation because we were literally cruise ships on land. So how do you make sure that the place can stay clean? And then how do you educate your guests coming in, making sure that they can be safe? So I think, you know, the correlation to, to, to the pool and hot tub and pond business is that, you know, you still have employees, they're out, they're out on construction sites. How do you do the social distancing? How do you provide them the PPE that they need so they can stay safe? But also to educating the, the the client to be able to say we are going to be safe and we want you to be safe and these are the measures we're going to take. So I think having kind of a crisis management plan and being able to to pull that out and and already know what you're going to do. I think this is a perfect time for all these businesses to start writing down what are we doing today because the next one that comes now we'll know what to do. You have to memorialize it. Absolutely. I think one thing I've noticed, kind of like the PPP thing, is a lot of people didn't even, when it, when it first started coming around, instead of digging in and learning about it, they just figured they kind of let it happen by osmosis. And maybe enough people tell them about it, they get involved. Me as a, a company owner, that I'm more worried about my the families that work for me, right? And, and our workload, obviously, but I want to make sure that I can keep feeding the families that have to work for us. So I spent the Friday afternoon where this cave came available. I was here late hours in the night, I was on the phone with the bank, <clears throat> started figuring out all the parts and pieces. But same thing with this COVID virus, there's websites set up by the government that has all the information you need. You, if you're an employer, you actually have postings that have to be in conspicuous areas, just like 
your, your family leave act stuff, just like your workers compact stuff, all those things that you have to have published as, as a normal employer, there's new things that need to be done. You need to go to the website um, and, and look at those things and make sure you print those out and have them posted. They have them in English, yeah. they have them in Spanish. Um, as an employer, you've got to make sure you're protecting yourself first, your employees first. That'll start making sure that if the employees understand what they're supposed to do right and wrong, they won't create conditions in the field for a guy like Jerry, who's got all these employees in different locations. They'll know what they're supposed to be doing. When a customer comes out concerned, they can help educate the customers and know here's what we're doing as a company. Swim Chem is doing these things. Our employer has given us these tools to make sure that we're safe. That's the critical things you gotta be doing. You can't put your head in the sand and say, well, it's not really affecting us. We're essential, we're in construction, nobody cares. Um, they yeah. do care and your employees will care. And if somebody gets sick, trust me, you're gonna start caring too because the last thing you wanna do is start losing employees from being sick or have them come back later to come after you because you got their grandma sick or somebody else and it got in it and, it was, and something terrible happened, so. Yeah, and Rick, I'll, I'll add, um, OSHA just put out some new uh, interpretations to to OSHA guidelines, so those things that are affected by COVID. So, how do you do? How do you address PPE for your employees, and how do you address the, the reporting injuries and illnesses and that sort of thing? So, I think if you go to OSHA.gov, you can find the new the, the new clarifications. When we post when we post this video on YouTube, I'm going to do a couple of things, and one of the things I'll do is have some of the SBA. Um, links down there. I'll have the OSHA links and I'll also have the uh, government links for all the COVID virus documents that you got to post. You've got to have those posted in your office. You got to keep track of that. Um, Greg, let's talk marketing. I think to me, you're, you're the visionary over there at uh, your company. You're not the finance guy. You're the visionary, right? So you, you, your vision is how do I get to hundred million dollars and I can do it on marketing and then somebody else can count the cash. So in this current market, what's, what, what should we be doing as a company, whether you're a pond, serve, pond builder, pond service, swimming pool contractor, it really doesn't matter. If you're in the construction world, we have this unique, this is the first time I think the construction world is not the first one to take the hit. We literally have been allowed to be still working. Somehow we're essential. Let's capitalize on that. But why that's happening, what's some good things companies can do both internally and ex externally for marketing and planning ahead to keep, make sure we get past the flattening of the curve. Well, Rick, I got to tell you, just like what we're doing right here in terms of the Zoom meeting, um, I had been on, I think, one Zoom meeting in my entire life, and I think I've been on 10 in the last two weeks yep. because it's digital communication. And so Aquascape had uh, four academies, four Aquascape hands-on academies at Aqualand scheduled in March and April. Uh, we had, we, we limited to 60 people at a pop, so we had, we had already sold them out, so we had 240 people. Uh, well, my team pivoted, took everything that we would charge for and have people fly to Chicago and spend two days. We put it all online. We've been the last uh, week and a half recording all of those things. And um, we're now giving it for free. So something that we would charge hundreds of dollars for, which is really just skin in the game, get people to fly to Chicago. We've now got the Aquascape operating manual online, everything Aquascape does and why. And I just checked uh, this morning and we have... 13 countries that have signed up for this and uh, 502 individuals when we would have only had 240 people that physically came here. And this has only been online since Monday. So uh, this could be, you know, obviously a huge opportunity because I can now talk to a worldwide audience. It would be fantastic if they were in front of us and we could, you know, physically work with them, but we can't, you know, but look at this, these Zoom calls, things like this. So digital technology, this is really 
thrusting this movement forward. It's making it so more pervasive. And Aquascape is a very visual medium. Pools are a very visual medium. Um, we're, we launched a new Facebook page for the Aquascape Artists of the Year. We're really, really diving into the digital platforms, the media, giving away things that we used to charge free. We're giving them away uh, now to the 30th of the month, to the end of the month, just to try to encourage people to, yeah, and I think there's a lot of people that are um, looking for opportunities right now. So to me, this could be the greatest thing that ever happened. And we also just got our check yesterday. So there you go. Right. How, and how important is that? Right. You, you now have secured a much simpler future. And to some, you know, some of the arguments, too, were if you don't need the money, I don't want to bring in the money. Well, here's what I'll explain to you. Even if you're financially pretty sound, what about the four competitors in your market that did get the money? If the market slows down and work gets tight, guess what they can do? They can start buying jobs because they don't need the money to make their payroll. You might. So don't, don't lose the opportunity to capitalize. You, it, you know, it's it just like, you're, you know, when you get huge athletes that would argue that you got to take steroids to keep up because everybody's taking steroids. Well, this is our steroids, right? This is your opportunity to influx cash into your business and make you more competitive. If nothing else, make you stronger. And maybe more importantly, if things are going really well, maybe you're going to be able to give some back to your employees who had to take some stuff on the chin to manage their business most recently, right? So um, we're hoping that's where we stand and we're able to do that as well. So I think it's, no, nobody should overlook the opportunity to have quick access to cash, especially at a very low interest rate. Most companies have never worked with an SBA loan to begin with. Why not get yourself a small SBA loan, create a relationship with a bank, give, if you don't wanna use it or don't need to use it, you absolutely can hand it right back to them and get it forgiven, but you might actually be able to spend this money on your overhead and staff and get it all forgiven, including the interest on the forgiven portion. So it's it's a pretty strong setup. Jerry, um, what are you doing with with as far as focusing on internally with your employees or or uh, or their families? Are you doing anything special with those guys to make sure that they feel comfortable coming to work and 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 what you're going to do in the future to make sure that you stay busy? Well, the employees are are a big thing, and you know, for us in particular, we're a, a 50 year old company now. And we have employees that have been with us, and this is really strange for the swimming pool service company, but I have one guy that's been with me for 34 years. I've got one guy that's uh, with me for 29, two guys with me for 29. Um, so those are long-term employees, and they are family. They really are family, and that's what we're working towards, how we can protect them, how we can keep them working. And my goal is to give as much of this PPP money that we got back to the employees. That's my goal. Um, this is an opportunity for me to show even more appreciation for those people that have been with us for the long term and in the long haul. Um, maybe we're blessed being in Sacramento County with the new regulation that they just put out. And they actually put out for that protocol for social distancing, they put out a template. It's a two page template that's uh, interactive online. You can go in and and customize it for your own personal business. So obviously that's part of what I was doing on Wednesday. And I think it's a fabulous thing. And, and to what Francine was talking about earlier about learning from it and preparing for it. Now we have a written document for, God forbid that we have more of these situations in the future um, on how to handle it. And, and part of that protocol with just social distancing it it's encompasses a lot more than that. It's access to our office. I mean, we had already staggered our start times for our field personnel. Um, but since this new directive came out last week or, or later this week, um, we have had to 
change the way we're even doing that. We had people working from home already that could, the office staff. But now the field technicians, they don't even get access to the office anymore. We put up a table, all of their, all of their stuff, their, their, their route book, their truck key, their cell phone, all the things they need to do their daily business. It goes out on a table first thing in the morning and no more than one person approaches that table at any one time to get their stuff. And somebody's managing that table from, you know, about 10 feet away. And after the first guy walks up, then we uh, take their stuff. Then we disinfect everything else that's in the area. So we're doing what we can. They have access to the, the PPE stuff to, to help keep them safe in the field as well. Awesome. Um, Greg, I know uh, because I followed you some, I think literally and figuratively when the market crashed, you also had a building collapse on your, on your hands um, that, you know, at, at probably the worst time in, that a business could have it, but obviously you're still in business. And I, and I think what's important is learning from those situations. But you, when that happened, we were a company and I, it's probably a quote from you. I think you're much more eloquent than me, but the reality is my business, my business ran itself because we had enough money and enough work coming in. I never, knew how to run, run my business. It was just cash flow was coming in, the jobs kept coming in. When the market collapse happened, Ralph, who's on this call with us, he worked for me. He knew what kind of things happened to us when this came down. We weren't smart financially. We weren't prepped financially at all. And that market collapse came in and we learned real quick that we need to learn how to run a business and manage a business. And I know you were maybe 10 times the size of my company or bigger at the time, but so it impacted you probably more. But what were the things that you got, made you get through that situation but more importantly, what did you learn from them that can apply to the same potential future situation? We don't know what our market's going to be because we've never had a situation like it is now. Um, it could come right back and be strong, but it could, out of fear, a lot of people could stay slow and the economy could really slow. What would, what would you recommend for people that, that you've learned over those huge situations in your life? Sure. Well, as, as, as everybody on this call knows, um, you learn way more in life from the valleys than you do the mountaintops. I had a business that I started out of my garage uh, that for 16 years, the first 16 years had nothing but double digit growth. Every year, double digit growth. I moved every other year to a new building. <clears throat> we were an Inc. 500 fastest growing privately held company four years in a row. Uh, everything I touched turned to gold. And then all of a sudden, 2006 and 2007, instead of having double digit growth, we were flat in 2007 from 2006. And um, I was, you know, the wheels were starting to shake, but then in 2008, the same, we did exactly the same things that we did from, you know, 1991 through 2006 and seven. And then in 2008, we lost $12 million of top line revenue. Um, what didn't, although that was extremely disheartening, uh, what was more disheartening for me as the pond guy was the fact that we lost $150,000 in year-over-year -year revenue growth for our local market R&D department, which it builds, maintains, and sells water features. So um, we did the survey that we've already talked about for all of our customers who at one time were bought, we were bought $12 million less than that. But the big thing that we did was we really looked at our operations in, internally for the construction and that next year, 2009, we had our best year in construction 2010, we had our best year in construction, still hadn't gotten back to our sales that we had in 2007. And then 2011, we were having a really good, you know, start of the year. Uh, we had, I think, three or four quarters in a row that were over the previous year's quarters. And then 2011, we had 24 inches of snow in Chicago and uh, our building collapsed, you know, Aqualand. And so 
what that taught me and what that what I learned from that was uh, the I've always said I, I'm an athlete. I played sports. I've learned way more in, on the field than I did in any classroom that I ever took. But it really confirmed my uh, love uh, and and need for a team because I didn't know what to do after the building collapsed. I mean, and, and yet my second longest teammate, Brian Helfrich, who's been with me for 25 years, he said to me, I was on the way to do a keynote presentation in North Carolina for 500 people. And he said, you go do what you do. Let us do what we do. And that was like, so awesome for me because I just saw my team rise up. Not everybody. We lost uh, five people the first week after the building collapsed and said, we didn't sign up for this. Um, but but adversity will bring a family together or a family apart. Adversity will bring a team together or a team apart. And that adversity just really brought us together. And I'm super proud. I just had my Zoom call yesterday uh, with my teammates, letting them know the good news um, from our government. And, I, I, you know, there, was no, there probably wasn't a dry eye, you know, on the call. And, you know, you're, you're playing with people's livelihoods here. You know, my livelihood, my, my teammates' livelihoods. And, uh, but that adversity did not pull us apart. And I think it's because of what we went through. In 2008, it was pretty tough. People had only experienced you know, record success at Aquascape. We had a lot of, the first cut that we had, Rick, we, had, we, we cut fat. The second cut that we had, we cut a little bit of fat and muscle. And by the third cut, we went from, at that time, we had 195 teammates. We went from 195 teammates to 100. And the third cut, that we had to do to survive, we literally cut into the bone. And uh, that, that forged our character though, because by 2011 hit, this company just responded fantastically. And I, I told everybody yesterday on our teammate Zoom call, once again, another Zoom call, how absolutely I proud, proud I was when, when people's salaries have been cut, people put, put on furlough, um, you know, everybody's working from home and not together. And uh, like I said, uh, adversity pulled up, is pulling this team together and that for me, that your attitude determines your altitude is the thing that gives me the most hope about going forward. Well, I think you touched on a couple of things there. And I think the critical thing to remember as a business owner is we typically have more insulation to market changes, meaning we probably have a little bit more money in the bank. We probably have, you know, three, six, nine months of cash flow operations inside the business or inside our personal accounts. But we have to remember majority of our employees do not, right? Majority of the entire population in the United States lives mostly paycheck to paycheck, not exactly, but very few are, you know, in a situation where if they're going to lose a couple of weeks worth of pay, it doesn't affect them. So I think the critical piece of what you brought up too is talking to your team. Your team needs to understand that you're protecting them. Obviously your company has a good flourishing future because you put together a paycheck protection program, you filled out the application and you received your money, which is going to ensure that those people have a job for the fourth, at least for the fourth, you know, future that they can see and give you a lot more flexibility to go ahead and give them their paycheck, even if they're not working the same amount of hours, which is critical. Some people can't go from 40 hours to 30 and survive. Um, they certainly can't do it with a smile on their face or without, without some major concerns. And so communicating to your team that you're out to protect them, I think is huge, right? Um, you know, I think everybody on this call realizes that we, we all have to be planning ahead. There's too many that aren't planning and being aggressive. I, I know that when, when we went through those same turmoils, we were not aggressive enough, right? We thought we were gonna, we thought we were better than everybody else. We were actually picking up more work. Um, as people started going out of business, we captured more work though, but we weren't smart enough to run our business. So we didn't realize we were getting work that wasn't making money. We didn't realize we were adding 
overhead requirements that we couldn't submit, you know, offend with money. And so all we did is what, what we already had in too much debt just became more debt, even with increased revenues. Um, we didn't know how to run a business. Honestly, it ran us. We, we got up every morning, ran to work and chased every tail we had to chase. And usually there was money to pay the bills. Sometimes there was a little bit, not enough. Sometimes there was a little more than we expected. Um, we would make dumb decisions with what was left over sometimes because we weren't sharp. We now have learned lots of things. This is the perfect time in your business. It hasn't actually hit us yet. Everybody else in the market, other than construction, has taken huge, huge, huge hits to their bottom lines, um, both in loss of employees, loss of family members, and you know potential loss of future work. And they've got a lot of lot of hole to climb out of. So we we've got a real unique opportunity here to actually make we come out of this stronger than we went into it. If, if you're really aggressive and you do the right things, manage your employees, manage your opportunities to get money brought in, do some of the really important things you need to do. Um, I think it's critical that we, we get people really thinking on that, that they are planning for, for their future and not wait to see what everybody else is going to do or how it might affect them. Um, you know, with Michael Moore's on this call too, I'm going to unmute him for a minute. He's got a ton of employees as well. Uh, not a ton, but he's a simple, um, small business and he's got, he was on my call a couple of weeks ago, but Michael, how, how are you managing? You're, you're a third generation family owner with a business. You've got a bunch of employees that have obviously been close to you probably since you were a young kid. Now you manage those people. What is, what are you guys doing to make sure that there's a comfort level in the operations of your business? Oh uh, yeah. Thanks. Rich. Can you hear me? Yep. We can. Okay. Good. Um, no, we, we've just, we, we have, we continue to have a lot of meetings. We actually have a lot of in-person meetings for, for about 40 people total, but retail service, maintenance and construction. Um, like I said, I, I manage a guy that was with us when I was born and I'm 40. So, uh, that's, you know, it's kind of a, you've got those, we, we subscribe to the 80, 10, 10 rule, you know, 80% of our team is they're in, they love their job. They love coming to work 10%. Or I could cut their pay in half and they still show up just as happy tomorrow because they just bleed, you know, they bleed to be on the team. And then you've got 10% that just don't care. Um, they're just glad to have a check. And, and I mentioned in the chat what I was going to uh, want to ask for other people on the call is we've noticed that, uh, you know, 98% of our team is just, you know, they come up to me thankful that we're essential, that we're working. Uh, and that they're still having 40-hour weeks and they're able to work and we're giving them all the tools and the equipment to stay safe and taking those precautionary measures. Uh, it's actually brought us a lot, you know, there's more of a team-team atmosphere. Everybody hunkered down and together in the bunker, if you will. Uh, and business has actually grown a little bit in this time and we continue to be aggressive, like you said, taking some of your advice, Rick. But then there's that 2% that, you know, the chatterbox away from the office and then you know those loyal team members come back and say well such and such you know they're just they're pissed off because they have to work and they have to work in these conditions they should be at home we shouldn't be out you know that kind of deal and my question was you know is everybody anybody else experiencing that and what are they doing to curtail that two percent because you know you don't want to let nobody go in this time uh so so what is what is if anybody else is experiencing that what are they doing to kind of uh address it if they are we haven't had too much of that <clears throat> major concern. We definitely have a couple of employees that were more comfortable working from home. I have a, we've got a large um, office space, not, not in numbers of people, but large in square footage. So most of our people can work with very good social distancing, even in their office. But we, any of the ones that felt at all uncomfortable about coming to work or working in the environment, we absolutely 
have just moved them to their better environment to make them happier. But um, Jerry or, or Greg, have you guys got anybody that's kind of that, that two percenter, how you have to manage somebody that's a little bit more uh, cynical to what's going on and, and not kind of the big team player? Well, we haven't, we, ha we haven't experienced any yet. Sorry, Greg, go ahead. Okay. Well, we, we had two, two teammates that their wheels were a little bit shaky and one of them, um, you know, took some time off from work and the other one we're, we're looking at, are we going to bring this guy back? And I think legally we need to, I know the legal department has said we need to bring him back, but you know, it, it, this adversity will reveal a lot about people's character. Um, when I talked about back in 2008, when we had to let people go, I mean, I was in every single meeting and the first round of people, I would say basically pretty much either physically or, or look wise gave me the, flip me the finger. Uh, the second round where we got a little bit into the, 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 the muscle, I'd say it was half and half. And by the third round, every single person was hugging me and thanking me for keeping keeping on so long. And that's what I knew that we were into the bone. So, uh, uh, I like to believe, I like to say that you should believe someone the first time they tell you what they're like and adversity will reveal people's true character. And uh, I'm definitely thinking that that's an advantage in the long term if you actually listen to what people tell you. I think that's critical too. I know the, the, uh, the team mentality plays a lot. And, and like Michael said, there's, there's plenty of members on my team currently that <clears throat> if we couldn't pay them for months, they would find a way to show up and put the work together. Um, they've, and I think that comes from, from growth over time and keeping, keeping in the trenches with these guys and know that, that we're doing the same thing, but we got to make sure that we're keeping them well abreast of what's happening um, in order to keep that aside. I think the other thing that we learned um, was, was how important cash was. I know Francine kind of picked on this a little bit is cash is king. And so I want to make sure that we, we, you know, you, you make sure you watch your business. You, you might just have had an influx of cash, Jerry, you've got a big influx of payroll cash that maybe or maybe doesn't have to be directly applied to payroll other than, you know, you're going to use it there, but that might free up extra cash. Don't, don't be frugal with that and go out and pay off a bunch of debt today. Sit on your cash. We have an unforeseen future coming at us. It might be a very strong future. And we might be very successful, but today is the day that it's okay to carry debt, especially if it's a reasonable interest debt and make sure you have cash on hand to operate your business. Cause if it gets to a point where you need debt, trust me, when you need money, it's too late. Nobody wants to loan you money when you're in the position of needing the money, right? It's always when you, when you have no need for it, you can support it. So as you bring in this influx of cash from the paycheck protection program, book it, leave it in the books, start minimizing where you are spending your money, make sure you have enough cash to operate. We had Mike, Mike, or we had uh, Cody pools on here, Mike church, who runs the biggest pool company in, in the nation. And he, he, he's looking at 13 weeks of cash flow on hand. He wants to say, if I have to shut down everything and have no income for 13 weeks, can I pay my bills? This paycheck protection program is part of that, right? You basically have just created those eight weeks, even if you weren't smart enough to have it in bank already, be very cautious with what you do with your cash. Would you agree with that, Francine? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think another side of this is really understand that there is an unknown and that unknown, you need to be projecting it out and seeing how far it, it might possibly go. I mean, we're trying to see a lot of the leading indicators that might say how long is going to be going to be lasting. You know, we do a lot of business with the cruise sector and just yesterday they said, nope, you can't, you're not going to see any cruise ships going out for another hundred days. So that means they have zero cash flow. So it's not like they're going to be wanting to do their projects 
anytime soon. So that unknown for a lot of us is the thing that we have to try to plan for and, and start looking at the leading indicators wherever you can within, within your business. Uh, one other thing, and somebody mentioned it before, but marketing, you know, understand your sales cycle. Because if your sales cycle is traditionally a six-month sales cycle, then your marketing today is not going to turn into something until six months from now. If your sales cycle is a year, you still have to be doing your marketing. You still have to be doing your sales. Because if you just kind of sit on your heels thinking, I'm going to wait this out, you're not going to have anything on the other end of that pipe. So I think those two things is, uh, you know, try to, try to figure out how long this might last. Figure out how you might be able to, to, to be open or maybe you're going to have to pivot and go into a little bit of a different direction. You know, we've been doing commercial stuff for a long time, but guess what? That backyard is, is looking real promising right now where people are wanting to enjoy their backyard pools and their backyards. So, you know, maybe we're going to do a little bit more on residential. We've been seeing a lot of leads coming in on residential stuff. People want to make their backyard awesome. So, you know, that's where we're going to pivot. So there's going to be a lot of opportunities, but look for them. Yep. Make sure, yeah, make sure you're not stumbling over them. Start paying attention. I think forward looking is, is, is critical at this point and making, you're exactly right, making sure your pipeline is going to be full because there, if, you're in a, if you're a production pool builder, for instance, we, we can assume that the real estate sales on, on, on tracked home and production housing has dropped dramatically. One, because people aren't going out and getting, or some of those places have to be closed and can't even sell. It was with current plan. So, and most of the real estate and building development companies are probably thinking of the same thing we are. Make sure we're holding on to cash. They're not going to have a bunch of extra starts in the field that they don't have pre-sold. So you could have what seems like a pipeline because you're still busy from all the construction you had going on, but those new starts might slow down, right? You've got to be able to forecast, you know, best and worst case scenarios and make sure you can financially work through them. And to your point, Francine, you might have to pivot, right? There might be pool contractors on here that have to become pond contractors, right? Um, that, that might be the might move because maybe people don't want a lot of pools, but the pond situation in somebody's backyard could be less money with a great view and a great backyard. Like don't be afraid to widen your horizons of what you can do as a company and find a way to make that work. Um, I think it's critical that everybody's looking and planning for some major changes that aren't going to be as, or aren't, aren't foreseeable, but what can the worst thing that can happen to your business and how do you manage that business? Um, I, it, it's just, the unknown is, is unknown. This is not a slowdown of the market. This was a halt of a market that might or might not restart itself. Hopefully there's not a dead battery when we go out there and turn the key back on here. You know, they're forecasting, you know, they're trying to say that we're going to be able to get started in May, right? But they were hoping we were going to be starting the economy back up by Easter. Well, tomorrow's Easter and guess what? We're still pretty much on lockdown and it appears that there's going to be continued of that or more of that. It does seem that there's somewhat of a flattening of number of people checking into hospitals and the disease. I think the heat in, in many of our Southwest climates is going to be super helpful. Obviously, it's going, to have, it's going to struggle more. People are going to be outside more. They're going to get more sun. Hopefully, that'll slow a lot of these things down too. But we've got to presume that this virus can hang on and hang on longer. We've got to be prepared for that. And if you're prepared well enough, that'll just mean you'll start off with extra cash, extra money, and a comfortable cushion to work. But if you don't plan for that, you're going to be, you're going to struggle, struggle for your life. <clears throat> Ralph, you've been on this call, listening to us chat. You're, Ralph's an ex-employee of mine. I want to mute him for a minute, but uh, he's, he's basically one of Greg's uh, key, key guys in the field in Arizona. He's one of his, you know, his franchisees type guys. Um, and he's been doing backyard ponds when he was working for me and he took it after he left me and, and eclipsed me and what he's doing with that kind of stuff. What's your, what's your take on the market, Ralph? And, and what are you hearing from customers and incoming markets? So uh, I wanted to piggyback on what uh, Francine was talking about. Uh, 
knowing your sales cycle and forecast. And going into this year, we had a, a huge goal of concentrating on our SEO and uh, marketing and things that we're doing different to uh, uh, put ourselves in front of our customers. Well, four weeks ago, we didn't see what this new wall in front of us to jump over, but we're investing a lot of money in staying in front of our customers or obtaining new customers. And I think a lot of, uh, I, I'm seeing a lot of people downshift and back off of their investments of uh, marketing. And I think what we're doing is uh, we're just hammering down. We're, like you mentioned last week, putting your foot on the gas and we're staying with that business plan because I'm projecting six months from now who I'm trying to be in front of and are they ready to, to buy and write those checks at that point in time, we're hoping. But, uh, um, you know, we're, we're, we're staying consistent. I think that's a, a big key. Stay consistent with what you're doing and, uh, and get more involved, uh, uh, you know, taking advantage of who is uh, looking at their the devices all day, every day. We're doing live videos. We're doing, uh, you know, uh, Facebook posts, uh, Instagram, you know, YouTube, all those social media platforms that people are glued to right now. I think it's very important. Even uh, some of the d different industries, not so much the small backyard uh, features, but, um, you know, for service. Hey, you know, it's a good, good time to have that field service guy do a live video. This is what I'm doing to protect not only myself when entering your property, but also you um, as the customer. So, uh, you know, I, I think that is going to help a lot of us along this process. Uh, but right now, I'm very fortunate. I'm not feeling the, the, the pain that a lot of people are feeling. Yes, I've had canceled contracts. I've had some just delayed. But yesterday I signed two contracts for literally two people that live you know, side by side, two, two remodels that are gonna uh, 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 total together uh, $30,000 for neighbors. Um, and it's because they wanna see a, a different view outside their back windows. So, um, you know, it, it, we just gotta keep our foot on the gas and make sure that we're, we're promoting uh, in the right direction. Well, most of the economy has had to take a hit instantly. We've gotten, we've gotten kind of like preemptive notice, like, hey, by the way, your market might be collapsing. Hey, by the way, you might get less sales. Hey, by the way, <clears throat> you have time, adapt. In the construction world, we, <clears throat> we got a unique opportunity to take this time and make those adaptations so that we're ready for what's to come. And that's not been very typical. Usually we don't get as, as much notice. We get the worst amount of notice because we're usually first ones in the tank. So. Um, let's learn from that. Let's take those things further and let's keep doing it. The other thing I think that's critical and what we're learning through all of this and, and part of what I've done in my most of my career with the education of pool builders and the education of the industry, we, we, we're going to get through this as a team and as a group, right? We've got a diverse people, group of people listening to this and watching our videos and also paying attention or being, you know, being part of the videos. It is critical, guys, to, to talk to everybody around you and work as a team. You know, I know Cody Pools out of, out of Austin. There was a point in time where Austin said no new pool permits. And what did Cody Pools do? He didn't go home and say, well, shit, I guess we're not going to get new permits. He called all the other big pool builders in Austin and said, we need to go down to City Hall and talk to them. we got to make sure that we can get permits because that pipeline needs to stay open. If we're not planning construction in the future, 
when this does come back around, if they've been shut down for two months, we won't have any work for two months. We have to get that working. They were able to lobby with their, their group and get, the, get them to open back up to taking online permitting systems, keeping the pipeline open. So when that adversity hits you or your business, if you're in a market where they're trying to tell you you can't work, find a way around it. You know what I mean? See what you can do. Get creative. Get your other, get your other competitors in your market together to create an army to go after the problem and, and come up with ideas. You'll be surprised what talking to other pool builders or other pond builders or other service companies, unique ideas that they're using to, to, to keep their business going. Ralph, that's a great idea doing a PPP or a personal protective equipment video of what you do as a business to protect your clients and protect your employees and get that out to your clients. Let them see Ralph cares about his employees and he also cares about me. He's making sure my backyard stays, stays clear and clean. He's, he's worried about his business. He's thinking ahead, not out there like, Hey, your backyard's freaking ugly. Probably ought, to buy, probably ought to give me a call and put a pond in. That's not how you market in this market, right? Market correctly to who the client is and adapt your marketing. Don't stop it. Adapt it. If you've got a marketing plan, look at where things are at and refocus it. Don't just go, well, I'll just keep doing the same old thing. It's been working. Hey, this ain't the same old time. It's a new time. So um, before we close this up, does anybody else have any parting uh, words of great wisdom they want to throw out there? Or are we, we going to shut this, this uh, meeting down? One quick thing, Rick, if I could. Sure. With uh, the service industry, we're kind of a, a bit of a lagging in, in this because they already have their, their waterscape that they still need to have maintained. So we're one of the last ones to feel the effect usually. The difference right now is there's so many people at home because of the shutdowns. Um, and, and, and some of them may be getting paychecks. Some of them may not be getting paychecks. So this could be a little bit of a lag for the service industry where the effect comes two, three, four, six weeks down mm -hmm. the road, depending on how long this, this thing lasts. So right now, service industry needs to be focusing on how can I show these people the, the value that we provide? Um, because they're sitting at home and they may see your guy come in and, and do his thing and they say, I can do that. I'm not doing anything else right now anyways. Yep. So you have, you have to come up with some plan to show how you're providing value that is above and beyond what they can do themselves. And well, and I think you're, you're perfectly right. You're in an industry where you're usually able to sneak in and out of the job. And as long as the pool's perfectly clear and clean, they don't know what you're doing. Now's the time to spend extra time in the backyard, leave, leave something for the client, look at their equipment, find problems, show that you've got a expertise that you're providing other than pushing a broom around and making the water stay clear. Cause now they're, now you've got a captive audience. They're sitting there seeing what Jerry's boys are doing today. Like, Sometimes you, I know you get in and out of the pool in 15 minutes because it's a good, easy to maintain pool. Well, maybe that pool now you want to spend an extra 20, 30 minutes there and do some critical items that the client might not be capable of doing or doesn't even realize you're doing to make sure they understand the importance of what you guys do, right? Yeah. And one parting thing for, for the, the industry in, in California in particular, but, you know, the California Pool and Spa Association has a lot of resources on our website that, that we've developed that are useful for not only service, but for the construction guys, uh, because everybody's dealing with something different in their own individual counties uh, because they have the authority to, to create those restrictions. So, um, and it transfers out of California too. A lot of the documents are just good practices, uh, number one, for things that you should be doing. And number two, if you have to deal with, with regulators, there's some, a couple documents that make awful good arguments about why you should be allowed to be considered an essential business. Awesome, Jerry, thank you. Francine, you had one parting comment. Yeah, just a couple of things. One is uh, take a look at your linchpin 
employees? Who are those people that you absolutely don't want to lose? Because what we don't want to see is talent leaving the industry. If they don't have a job and our industry is being impacted, those people will leave and they won't come back. And that's what we have to be able to preserve if we want to preserve the success of the industry. I think secondly is being able to say, let look at where the resources are. Like Jerry said, CPSA has their resources. PHTA has resources. They're doing a lot around the country and federally to try to protect all of these businesses as essential. And so uh, be able to support those associations and you know, take care of your membership in those associations. They're going to come back and, and, have, and have that value for money. Um, they're the ones trying to take care of everybody. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. This is Rick Chafee with Ask the Masters. I want to make sure if you're on our YouTube channel, make sure you link and subscribe and click the bell. It's important if you want these updates and get the information, do it. Looks like Greg's got one part in comedy. He's got his finger up. Either he's number one or he's got a comment. We got Greg. <laughs> of course I do. I wrote an article uh, called BCAC, Before Corona, After Corona. And uh, the basic uh, premise was that things are going to be different. It's a new ecosystem. It's going to evolve. And if you don't want to evolve with it, uh, and people think they want to evolve, but it's going to take some pain to go through that evolution. It always does. And uh, the, it's survival of the fittest time. So Aquascape's basic philosophy is to help our customers succeed. And when you help other people get what they want, you get what you want. Rick, I want to thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me on here. And uh, I'm hoping as many people will evolve with me because we need everybody out there. Absolutely. Anybody else on the call that's still live that wants to, wants to add anything to the conversation or get some answers to any questions? Raise your hand or unmute yourself. You can chat. If not, we're going to wrap this guy up and, and call a winner. Thanks for getting on here for everybody. I appreciate you being here. We're, we're, we'll be doing this almost once a week. Look for us next week. You'll probably see us next week with a number of uh, different environments. We're going to bring in a guy from the subcontractor level, make sure we've got guys talking at all different levels of the pool industry. We're probably going to have a manufacturer's rep on as well to make sure that they've, they've come into this and talked through how it's affecting their business. So appreciate everybody jumping on board. Let's get through this together. Thanks, everybody. Ask the Masters is dedicated to educating, mentoring, and designing a better workplace for the swimming pool industry and their families. Please take a moment to share, like, and review our content with all of those that would be interested.